0: Welcome to Get the Facts Jack, a weekly podcast from Jack County, Texas, sharing factual information to the citizens of Jack County. I am your host, Judge Brian Keith Humphreys, and my wingman, Jazz Daddy. Jazz Daddy. (laughs) Man, that's good stuff. I want you to know during that... I was mm-hmm. trying to snap uh-huh. and read my lines. That is difficult. I cannot walk and chew gum at the same time. Just, I just want you to know that. So, Frank Hefner, Emergency Management Coordinator, man, great job on the intro, man. Man,
1: I'm glad we, I'm glad we can do something at least to occupy your mind somewhere down the road. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Get it in gear.
0: That's all right. I'm gonna practice the snapping and the chewing gum. So, man, I love that. Jads has got something. Do you know there's a new Disney cartoon coming out? I think. Friday of this week um, that, that really highlights the evolution of jazz, and can you imagine that Disney is producing that? I think wow. Disney and Pixar is... Have you not
1: seen no, that? I've, not seen, I've well, not seen
0: it. Well, you know what? I have a grandchild, uh-huh. and he is three years old, and we are watching a lot of Disney right yes. now.
1: We and have watched uh,
0: The Grinch yeah. <laughs> every night for a week. <laughs> it never gets old, does it? Ever. yeah. <laughs> Man, we have a, a special guest here today. Uh, John Barry, uh, one, yes, right? one word. Yes, sir. One word. Yes, sir. Thank you. John Barry. John I love it. John Barry <laughs> is a Jack County resident. Yep. yep. Man, he is, uh, it's okay if I tell him where you live, don't you? Sure. You live in the Cundiff area. I do. Coca-Cola Ranch Coca-Cola Road. Coca-Cola Ranch Road. You were former commissioner, Precinct 1, and I'm proud to say that. Yes, so, sir. Thank you. You did a fantastic job, too. Yeah. <laughs> John you. is, is, uh, has recently announced that he is running for District 68 the largest um, area, land area, of reps, is that right?
2: Uh, the largest number of counties.
0: Largest I, number of 25, counties. It's
2: 25,000 square miles, but I think
0: there is one district that is larger geographically.
2: That is That's just crazy. Not as many counties.
0: Yes, it is. You showed me a map of where that goes, and it goes from like Cook to Montague to Jack. Does it cover Wise? It does not. does it's not Phil cover King. Wise. It covers Wise. That's exactly right. Yep. So Phil's connected to Parker County, and then it goes across... It does not include Wichita Falls. No, sir. And then it just goes West Texas, and it goes to the Panhandle. It does. To Shamrock. Shamrock. It goes all the way up to Shamrock, and then it goes all
2: the way down. So you got Floydata and Crosbyton, and all the way down to Post.
0: Man, those <laughs> are some good people out in West Texas. <laughs> it is. Man, I it love is. that. You know what? The one common thread is is there's not a lot of difference between the citizens of Jack County and those that live in rural West Texas, not at all. They they we speak the same language, don't we? Yes, sir. Well, you know, you can see it too when you're out driving around.
2: You see somebody on the side of the road. It's not long before somebody else stops to check on them and That's help right. Them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't tell you how many people I know from the Metroplex whose kids, especially when their daughters go off to school at Tech, they don't worry so much because they know if something happens to them on the way out to Tech, something breaks and they break down on
0: 114. There's going to be some Somebody's going to stop and help them. Mm-hmm. You know, between Benjamin and Lubbock, that's a long road, isn't it? It right? is. Before <laughs> so you get to Guthrie.
1: I don't know if, if tech does this still or not, but uh, I was doing some research the other day, and I noticed that there was a list of names and phone numbers of tech parents. And if you really? follow that list, there's a list starting from Lubbock and takes it all the way back through Dallas. Oh, that's cool. And there's a, there's a list of names of tech parents that are through there. That if you have trouble, call this number. Wow, that's a great that's idea. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, cool.
0: You're not supposed to be giving kudos to Texas Tech. You've got two Aggies in the house, man. I'm class oh, of eighty-seven.
1: We giving, I thought we were giving kudos to West Texas. No,
0: man, this is my show. You know, come on, I get to run this thing. John Barry is class of ninety-two. There you so go. you know what? I knew there was a reason I like John that's Barry. There you go. Now that you've said that, John Barry, I am going. I I have to say it as one word. One word. Yeah. I'm telling you, yeah. John Barry. John Barry. Word. That's it. <laughs> well, anyway, it is it is so good to have you on our podcast. Thank uh, you. You know, I, I, I try to say this on each of our episodes. This is our way to get factual information out to our community. You know, we live in a world full of social media. Yep. And not everything that is on social media is factual information. True. So. You know, we wanted Hefner and myself and and, and some of the other civic, uh, the community leaver- leaders, I almost said civic leaders, but community leaders, um, you know, wanted to come up with some kind of a platform to get factual information. And that's why we call it Get the Facts Jack. Yep. So we hope that, uh, the, those that want to be educated will tune into our podcast. And so, um, man, it's a privilege to have you oh, here. Oh, you too, kind. Thank um, you. I'm super excited to hear that you are, um, putting your hat in the ring. Yes, sir. And I hope yes, uh, I hope you're successful as you go towards District 68. Now, you know what? How did we get here? Um, so we just finished up with a runoff election between uh, Drew Springer yes. and uh, Shelley Luther. Yes. And so because our former representative um, is moving on to Senate, Senate District 30, yes, uh, Drew Springer is our new senator. So that created a vacancy in that office. Yes. And so um, it is going to be, have Have they announced when the election will be? Not yet. That's a really good question, really a common question. They have not announced it yet. They have to
2: certify the votes. So waiting for every county, there's 14 counties in that Senate district, okay. to canvass and certify their votes. Once they have done that and submitted it to the Secretary of State, then the Secretary of State will certify it and the governor will certify it. Once that vote is certified, that's when the governor
0: can then call for a special election. Okay, that makes sense because I'm going to post for the commissioner's court agenda. That's going to be on our discussion Monday uh, following Christmas. Mm -hmm. We will come back, and commissioner's court will make that decision of when we will canvass or certify the vote of the runoff election. And then once we verify it, certify it, then we report through our election administrator to Austin, which makes sense. It's yep. going to go to Secretary of State. Yep. And so at that point, they'll make the decision. So, it, But it's probably going to happen relatively quick. Yes. Um, and this, since session will
2: start in January the 12th, there are some accelerated rules that give the governor the ability to call elections faster than normal. Okay. And so the, the campaign window is smaller than normal in this type of a situation. So it could be as soon as the last week in January. Wow. Wow. You know, and that's fast. fast. It is. And this will be probably what's called a jungle election where anybody and everybody can put their hat in the ring, regardless of party affiliation. Okay. So you could have anywhere from two to 20 people running. And so as a result, that means we'll probably have a runoff election because to win in the general election, you must win 50% plus one. Okay. And with that many people running, that's that's really tough to do. Yeah. So
0: more than likely, there is going to be a runoff election in this. Correct. What a crazy election year.
2: It's like the year that will not
0: end. I
2: mean, <laughs> yeah. we have been in campaign mode and election mode. <laughs> right. 2020 is holding up. November on. of 19. Yeah. And that's crazy. You know, we... Remember when we kept hearing, okay, six weeks out till the Iowa caucuses, yeah. and that was counting down. Iowa caucuses were in January, and then all right, here we go. And so yeah. we've been; it, it's been the election that will not end.
0: Well, but you know, you didn't start Saturday. You've no. been you've been working towards this goal for for several months now. Yeah, I, yeah, you know. We've had some conversations about it. And, yep. and so how did you get to this position? So what have you been doing beforehand to prepare for this? Because I know, and I've seen some Facebook posts, that you've even started making your rounds. You've even yep. started working before this and anticipating that Drew did win. And yes. that was a heated contest, too. It was. And, and early on, many people thought Shelly Luther was going to win it because she had a substantial financial supporter. She did. I mean, it was, it was that was almost headline news of uh, yes. the amount of money that she, you know, the the common joke was is now we know what a senate seat cost in the state of Texas. <laughs> That's true. Three point five million. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, so, but you know what? And I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful that um, the voters mm-hmm. of District 30 um, did not buy into that. Yep. Uh, Drew Springer has been a tremendous ally. Uh, to Jack County and he has helped us on multiple issues. Yep. And um you know what? I'm I'm proud to have him as my senator. Oh yeah. And um I will tell you in a sel- selfish way, um I need a representative to be that same guy too. I would like to be right. that guy. I really so, would. That yeah, I I campaigned for him. I
2: So I guess we ought to back up. Um, I've been fortunate enough to uh, represent Jack County at the last three state GOP conventions as a delegate to the state GOP. And most recently at this uh, crazy GOP convention that was held in Texas and Houston. But the, if you guys remember the mayor of Houston said, Nope, we don't want you. Don't come here. Mm -hmm. Well, the convention had to happen anyways. So there's the convention really is made up of three primary committees there's a Rules Committee, there is a, um, an Issues Committee, and there is a Legislative Priorities Committee. And I was selected to serve on the Legislative Priorities Committee. And there's one person on each of those committees from every senatorial district. And there's 31 districts in the state of Texas. So I was mm-hmm. one of 31 people out of the entire state that was chosen to serve on this district. And on Legislative Priorities, we work to craft legislation that we would like to present to the legislators for the upcoming session on issues we feel are important. So on that committee, I served on the subcommittee that was regarding property tax issues. and We crafted the language to abolish property tax and replace it with an ad valorem tax. And that's what we're presenting to the legislature. So I got involved with that. Since the state convention was not allowed to happen in its large format because the the Republican convention in the state of Texas is the largest collection, our largest gathering of conservatives in the country. There's over 7,000 people that attend this thing. And it's like Woodstock for conservatives. Right. And, wow. and so um, since we couldn't do that, Pat Fallon and Drew uh, worked together to host the When you're in your convention, you have to break up into your caucuses by senatorial district. So they were able to arrange for their senatorial district to meet in Gainesville at the Gainesville Convention Center. Okay. Gainesville was a fantastic host. And when we were meeting there and we were talking there, and I was presenting the legislative priorities to my senatorial district to explain it to them and ask them how to vote, that's when Drew announced that he was going to run for Pat's seat. And because that is when Pat had been asked to take over uh, U.S. District Four from John Ratcliffe, and so when he announced, then I went over and introduced myself to Drew, and we'd had a few conversations in the past. But I said, "I'm running for your seat, Drew." Wow! And uh, I just want you to know. And so after that, Melanie and I we were all excited, and we started coming home, and we started drawing up a plan, figuring out how the heck we're going to do this. Yeah. What do we do? <laughs> I'm a political neophyte. And I really just am not that versed in how it works. Yeah, So I had to really get up to speed quickly. So I started gathering all the people I know who are uh, up to speed in politics. And that's when I called you and know, I said, all right, judge, yeah. I'm going to run. I'm going to get out there and we're going to make this happen. And the blessing for me is growing up in the panhandle and my family uh, being here in Jack County, I have burned up one fourteen. <laughs> I know that. And then when you know it forward and backwards. Eh? Oh my gosh. Yeah. And then with my son going to school at LCU and then to WT, I mean we have burned up one fourteen and yeah. highway two eighty seven going to Canyon. We know that area and that's the district. Yeah. You know, so we know so many people. We know that it it really feels like home. Yeah. Wow. So I would really be honored to represent those folks
0: and go fight for those folks in Austin. Yeah. Because rural Texas is getting lost. It is. And you know what? Rural is the key word of that phrase. You know what? We're not like Dallas-Fort Worth. We're not like San Antonio. Heaven forbid we ever become like Harris County. (laughs) We need to make sure rural Texas is one of the the hot topics as as hopefully that you go down to Austin. And I hope that you carry the flag. Rural Texas is different.
2: So it hit me this summer. I was
0: testifying
2: before the House Redistricting Committee, and I was listening to the state demographer talk about how the state demographics are laid out. I was not aware of this. All that land that's west of I-35, you see that on the map, you just see that big area. That's only 13% of the state's population. That's right. That's it. And then when you carve out all the area east of I-45 you you put those two together that's only 25% of the entire state population yeah so we that right there is almost a reason why we should have a state electoral college i agree you know because <laughs> yeah. it's coming down to a few counties
0: are deciding right. what affects the whole state well right. it is it, it you said it three three major metropolitan areas make mm-hmm. the decision for the whole state you do you do and we cannot lose our voice john berry no no, and that's,
2: that. I want to be the voice for rural Texas while I'm down there. I, th- I truly feel that we need to, you know, I was fortunate enough to go to A&M. Mm-hmm. I love A&M. I'm so proud. And one of the things that makes A&M so unique is its traditions. Some people will joke and say it's a cult. It's not. Oh, yeah. I love those traditions. But the one thing about A&M is the core. And the core is already called the keepers of tradition. And they do a great job of it. And that's what I love about the core. You know what? Texas is known for its uniqueness and its traditions as well. Rural Texas is the keeper of those traditions. That's right. You know, our state has been blessed. We have so many people moving in. We have so many people from California moving in, and we keep seeing those signs, don't California, my Texas. And I agree, it's those policies that they're fleeing is why they're coming here and we don't have them. But it's rural Texas that keeps those traditions, and it's rural Texas that keeps Texas, Texas. And we need to make sure that Austin remembers that while we're down there.
0: We're the keeper of the spirit. Absolutely. (laughs) I love it. Hey, bring up up your bio real quick. This is sexy, man. (laughs) I don't know. You, I'm going <laughs> to, I wish your wife wrote this because it sounds like a love letter almost. It, but It does. It, you, you know what? We were, one of the things, or one of our goals today is to tell the, the, the voters of Jack County, the citizens of Jacksboro, yeah. who you are, who is John Barry. And you know what? We can spend 20 minutes talking about your history, but this bio is spot on. Thank so you. read this to us, John. I will. All right. Let's see.
2: John Berry was raised in the Texas Panhandle. He graduated high school in Plainview and went on to receive his bachelor's degree from Texas A&M University in College Station. While attending Texas A&M University, he met Melanie, who grew up in the New Braunfels area. Soon after, John and Melanie were married and moved to Houston for work. When the opportunity arose for John to purchase ranch land and the home his great-grandparents had built decades before, he made the decision to move his family back to rural West Texas. John and Melanie have raised their two boys and continue to run a cow-calf operation just outside of Jacksboro near Cundiff. Outside of the work on the ranch, John has spent over the past two decades in the financial planning services. He currently owns Cornerpost Financial Planning, and Melanie has taught both public school and homeschool and is currently seeking her master's degree in education at Concordia University. Like most rural Texans, John is also active in the community. He is our former Jack County Commissioner in Precinct 1. He currently serves on the Board of Directors for the Lubbock Christian University Summer Camp Program and is the past president of the Hope Shelter. He is a member of the Jacksboro Chamber of Commerce, Friends of Jack County Museum, and the Friends of Fort Richardson. He has volunteered for other charities and nonprofits such as the Salvation Army and the Lions Club. John is a strong advocate for teaching our future generations about rural Texas living and values, working with the local 4-H as a, and as a Boy Scout leader. John and Melanie are active members and attend Jacksboro Church of Christ, where John most recently served as a deacon. And John and Melanie's two sons are both in college. Trey, their oldest, currently attends West Texas A&M University in Canyon, and Michael attends the Citadel, the military college of South Carolina in Charleston. Yeah, when I read that to my wife, she said, I'd marry you all over again. Yeah, I would. Those are words that you want to hear from your wife, isn't it?
0: gosh that is sexy (laughs) isn't it very very well put man thank you i love that bio oh thank you yeah it is beautiful yeah Yeah, so what do you see what are some of the major platforms what are your major ideas what are you running for what do you see what can how are you going to make a difference in austin yeah thank you i mean man we have we've got some some things we need to work on we need not that we need to fix them we just need to make them better
2: agree agree we'll We'll never achieve perfection. We, we, we always have to tweak things, you know, and so there, are, I really see this coming down to a rural versus urban situation, you know, and it's really becoming clear when you look at things like rural healthcare, you know, our little hospital has struggled and a lot of rural hospitals are in a, in a tough spot. In fact, over 50% of all rural hospitals are vulnerable. And there's 64 counties in the state of Texas. There's 254 counties, and of those, 64 of those are without a hospital.
0: That's ridiculous.
2: There's 25 counties that are without even a primary care physician in the state of Texas. So we have a, a, a real situation. We have a real blessing to have folks like Dr. Cooper here wanting to do rural health care here for us in Jack County. And we need to figure out a way to encourage others to want to participate in that as well. Right. You know, um, But that also leads us into another issue that really has come more prevalent for folks, and that's our infrastructure and broadband internet. Oh, wow. You know, we...
0: It's been spotlighted during COVID.
2: Yes, yes. It really... So education foremost has really brought that to light, Mm -hmm. and that is important. But we need to also remember that it's rural broadband that we can use things like telemedicine. Okay, so I've got a county where we can't get a primary physician to live, but if we can set up a top-notch clinic with a great nursing staff and some PAs, and then we can have a telemedicine program in there as well through broadband internet, mm-hmm. that would be fantastic. And here's here's one of the biggest failures in our federal government. FCC determines what's broadband. So they break up the state into these quadrants, and, and they're just like hexagons. And these, all these hexagons cover the state, and if there's one person that's got access to broadband in this entire hexagon, well, then the entire hexagon is considered
0: broadband. Right? Yeah,
2: Correct. And and you guys, we all know that. Okay, yeah, we have cell phone service in Jack County until you drive up to North County.
0: Yeah, and, it's and, spotty at best. Yeah, you know,
2: you know. And when I moved out to where I live out on Coca Cola Ranch Road, my cell phones didn't work when I first moved. Not out at there. All. And now, and, and things have changed over time, and that's how the free market works.
1: Well, one of the biggest fights we've had here in our county, broadband. Yeah, that fights us. You talk about cell phone service. If if one of our fiber lines gets cut, in Montague County. Yes. That's north of us. That feeds our county. Yes. We're down completely. We're crippled. We're yes. crippled. I mean, it's, it kills it, our nine one one access. Yes. So we're, we're, you know, we have that problem that we've been fighting. We have fought that problem uh, for the last four years. Our
0: key word is redundancy. Yes. We got to have a backup plan for a backup plan for a backup plan. Right. Yes. Because one of these days, if that happens again, Frank, and it's mm-hmm. happened six times last year right. or eight mm-hmm. times. Our 911 system is down. And think about how many people don't have landlines anymore. Correct.
2: They rely on those cell phones. Okay. And those cell phones don't work. Correct. So they, not only are they unable to call for help, even if they could call for help, 911 is down. That's correct. And that is not a situation we can allow. And when we, again, talk about rural, we have folks who maybe are older, and they, they can't get help, and they're miles from their nearest neighbor. This is not acceptable. Yeah. We have to address this.
0: I like that phrase. It is not acceptable right that that really <laughs> it's is not. it it you know what people people in the bigger areas take it for granted right. they do. And,
1: and and here's the thing about it. they overlook us. Yes. there's money out there to be had for it. It's just we get overlooked because we don't have the population, but we're the one that needs it the most right. Right. and
2: here's the other problem: Texas is one of six states in the u s that do not have a broadband plan right, and that lack of broadband plan has kept us from getting access to federal grants and federal funds Mm -hmm. to help expand our broadband. If Texas would just create a broadband plan, we could really begin to make a difference. In my opinion, we need to set up towers and own them as a Mm co-op because when I go to Honduras and I'm in the mountains of Honduras, 90 miles from the Nicaraguan border, my cell phone works fantastic. I got better coverage in rural Nicaragua than I do in my house in Jack County. That makes no
0: sense whatsoever, does it?
2: No, it does And I'm, I'm, I'm with people who they don't have running water. They don't have electricity. They may not even have a door on their house, yeah. but they've got a, they've got a solar panel and a cellular phone. Right. And why can't we have that level of coverage out here? You're going to tell me that that marketplace in rural Honduras is better than the marketplace yeah. here yeah. in rural Texas. I find that hard to believe. Yeah. So we need to figure out a way to address that and expand it. And there's got to be a way. Yeah. You know, and again, I think a co-op structure would work a little better. You know, co-ops were granted easement. Uh, in the last legislative session, but i don't I think it's more than that. I think we need to structure it where we have co-op ownership of towers and because those towers you guys know they rent the space, sure they do so we rent the space to providers and we maybe we figure out a way to to rent that space inexpensively because we own the towers. I think that is the is the way to go because towers are inex are in my opinion Le- and I'm, I have limited knowledge, I guess, but less expensive setting up a series of towers than running fiber optic to every oh, single person. And how many people do you know who live in Jack County? They're going to run that fiber optic yeah. up to their gate, but they still live a half a mile, a mile back from the gate. They're going to have to pay for that themselves. Yeah. That's out of pocket. You know, and that doesn't solve the problem. Yeah. So I, I think that's that's another angle that we need to address with rural broadband and infrastructure. And, and the reason why I say infrastructure is because that takes us to water. Mm-hmm. Right. You guys, you guys know.
0: Man, we fight it on a regular basis.
2: And the joke in Jack County has always been, it's easier to drill for oil than water.
0: Oh, absolutely, you know? <laughs> So we have
2: oil. Yeah, we can't we can't sell it for much anymore. Yeah. But yeah, we have got to address it as the population in Texas grows, and it's going to double very quickly, we have got to be ready to provide the water system. And our rural agribusiness is going to suffer the consequences of all these people moving in, building these little ranch at homes. So they punch a hole in the ground and free water comes out. That's right. And they water their 10 acres to make it look like a grass I am sh- or a, a, a golf course. I am sure glad that we have those people moving here and I want them to come out here. But I think we have got to figure out a way to um, make sure that Everybody has access to water, and we cannot restrict and we cannot impact our agribusiness access to water.
0: You know, for years and years, we had big mega tracts of land in Jack County, and you know what's happened? Those tracts of lands are being subdivided. Yep. The the people that settled Jack County, they're no longer with us. Yep. Their families are getting older. Now the grandkids are dividing up property. Yep. If you don't believe that, look at the southeast part of Jack County yep. and look at how Alapinto County and Parker County is encroaching into our area. And guess what? It's coming. Yep,
2: it is. It is. And we need to be ready to address that need. I'm
0: telling you, we're one of few, I think there's 11 counties in the state of Texas that does not have a groundwater district. Really? Yeah. And, but it's not a popular conversation to have because we've always, we don't like local government telling us what we can and can't do. Agree. But, As soon as somebody buys the place next door to you Mm -hmm. and starts doing things that you don't want them to do, then guess who they call? Yep. Local government. And you can see it
2: in Parker County. I have friends who live in Parker County. And with all that development, all that watering, well, they're well ran dry. Yeah. So they got to drill deeper. We've never had a problem with water before. You do
0: now. Yeah. Exactly.
2: (laughs) So. You know that free unlimited water underground isn't necessarily that unlimited. That's exactly so right. So we've got to address that, yeah. We've we've got to figure out a way to to protect that. And the property taxes, I think property taxes are something that last session they tried to address it, and I think they just they made it more complicated than it has to be. You know, and everybody pays property taxes. Nobody enjoys it, but it's part of it. That's that's how we fund our county government. It's how we pay for our school districts. Sixty percent of your property taxes go to the school district, but We have 47% of the state's population that doesn't pay a nickel in property tax, but they utilize all those services that are provided through the property taxes. Mm -hmm. The other issue is, in my opinion, is that when property taxation was created, property ownership was the primary driver of revenue, and it was the primary driver of business. That is no longer the case in the state of Texas. So taxing property, and you're increasing it every year, it appears to be a, at most an arbitrary increase um, through the appraisal district, so you're paying an increase in taxes. But that's honestly, that's just inflation. Your your property taxes are increasing simply because of inflation. So that's you're right. being punished because of inflation. I don't, you know, I think we should look at something like I can't believe I'm going to say this, but what California did, where they froze property taxes. And you paid the same tax based on the value of the land when the transaction took place. So as the land appreciates over time, it doesn't impact you until it's sold and the new land buyer, their property tax... Rate then it resets. Yes. Yeah. So that, that way you're not punished because you own some land that has appreciated in value. And we see that a lot of times in older folks who have a house in a city. The area around them has become the trendy place to be And those folks have been there for 40, 50 years and they're on a fixed income and they can't afford these increased in property taxes and they have to sell a house that they don't want to sell. Correct,
0: And that, that would be a way to help protect that as well. You know, John, so many times, um, and I really, I love the ideas that you're presenting so many times whenever people call and complain, they are very quick to tell us what the problem is. Yeah but you're going to hear this more, more than less or more than not is they never give a reasonable solution. Yeah. They identify the problem, but they don't spend any time whatsoever coming up with a solution. And just here in the last 10, 15 minutes, John Barry, you've given (laughs) us about five or six solutions to the problems that we have in rural Texas. Yep. And, uh, that's pretty impressive.
2: <laughs> so there's there's uh, a lady who I look up to as a mentor, and she told me one time, I was standing on the steps when you were getting sworn in on the courthouse, and I was talking to her about the Bland Act. Right. And um, she said, unless you've got a solution, complaining is nothing but whining. That. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, ma'am. That's, that's it. I got to work. She's a smart lady. She is.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, yeah, it's... Um, that we we've got to have those solutions.
0: So have you already, um, I know you've met with several, um, county judges. Yes. Uh, elected officials through district 68. Correct. And so, uh, tell me a little bit about your experiences and some of the people that you've met. I saw you in Correct. Shamrock.
2: Yes. Oh yes. Okay. So we went up to Shamrock. Oh, it was such a blessing that day. So, uh, I, I, we were asked to come and visit, a, they've got a little a community boosters club there, and they they meet for lunch every Wednesday at the First Methodist Church. Oh, that's cool. And a, a 94-year-old woman is, cooks them lunch every day. Oh, wow. And it was so good. It was ham. It was homemade. You walk in, you smell the homemade yeast rolls. Comfort food. Oh, yeah. she had greens. She'd made greens. And I don't like greens, but these were good. I had two yeah. helpings of these greens. Yeah. And then a big old bowl of beans, and it was just you know served family style. You get you know, and we sat around, and it it's what small town Texas is. Yeah. We were sitting around talking, getting to know each other, and it was coaches and preachers and bankers all in one room. Ranchers. We had a great conversation. As I got to visiting and talking, they they were so proud of their town, and they took me around to show me everything, all the Route sixty six memorabilia. Mm-hmm. How many? I'm, you guys have seen cars? You, you got bet. grandkids. So the gas station in cars that was modeled after after the Conoco gas station in Shamrock, Shamrock Texas. That is wow. cool. It is so cool, and they've got a lot to be proud oh, wow. of. And sure they do. So that we got to go to Shamrock and meet a lot of great folks in Shamrock. We've uh, visited visited with some great folks in Memphis, Texas. I don't know if you guys ever been to Memphis.
0: And, oh, you bet. And, and then, bunch of cotton growers. It is
2: <laughs> that dryland cotton. <laughs> so we've met with all those folks, and then. Fantastic folks out in Throckmorton and Hockley and um, in Haskell County and in you know in Haskell County and in Haskell found a fantastic little boutique right on the square that my wife went straight for and it's a the lady who runs that boutique, it's called Missy's Boutique. You guys can find it online at Missy's Boutique in Haskell, she's got a fantastic sense of style. Really. I was floored at her styles. And My wife was just, and she keeps going back to the website and finds other stuff. And oh, this is cute. And so, yeah.
0: Website. And you mentioned how the website, yes. The importance of, you know, uh, financially, how that impacts our communities in rural Texas, the importance of that infrastructure of broadband.
2: She shared with me she would not be open now if she wouldn't have put that website. She didn't, she had a little website Mm -hmm. when the COVID came, but when she, COVID really got bad and she had to close her doors. Yeah. Man, she developed that website. There's all kinds of great services and she developed a website. She's got it up there herself and she said she sells more. Her store now serves more as storage for her website.
0: Wow. That's pretty impressive. Out of Haskell, Texas. Mm-hmm.
2: Who would have ever thought? So yeah, it's, <laughs> it's super important. We've got to spill that out.
0: So yeah. I, I love that. Some fantastic people. Do not tell my wife. <laughs> that website page called missy m-i-s-s-y
2: missy's boutique
0: (laughs) i know that melanie and karen will be talking soon so (laughs) you're right man john we've,
2: we've had you know we've we've been fortunate enough to have great conversations with uh the represent all the bordering representatives um they've they've been kind enough to share uh guidance and ideas with us um you know we've when we've met with other uh, U S representatives, it's, it's been a real blessing. Yeah. It's Looking good. Forward to good.
0: You know, the next three weeks are going to be tough. Next yeah. four weeks, you're going to yeah. hit the road. You're going to hit it. You're going to hit it hard. Yep. And, uh, I guarantee you, you and your wife will do it together. I, uh, encourage you to, uh, be out with the people yes, to meet you. rural Texas. It sounds like you've already gotten started with that. Yep. Thank you. And so I think that's going to be the key to your success in yeah. this District 68 election. Thank you.
1: You know, that was one thing about, and I'll, I'll speak of Representative Spr- Springer at the time. Um, that was one thing about him. He got out to the people, and he 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 earned their vote. He did. That, and he did a wonderful job. He was one of the best I've ever seen as far as a representative getting out and meeting with the people. I don't so. think he slept, you guys.
2: I, he, we all know what he did for our community and parent. Yeah. with their water issue. I mean, he stepped up and he got right in and he made a huge difference. So I, when I was in Post, and I'm talking to the folks in Post, they're telling me about how at two in the morning, he's in Post, Texas, yeah. outside a nursing home that's lost its roof from a tornado, on the phone with the governor, getting those people taken care of. Right. He drove from Munster over to Post to help get that taken care he, of. He's a good man. He really will do us well as a senator. Oh, I totally I, agree, I agree with you on
0: that. I, you know, and, and, and people... People question that he had to overcome that in his, uh, yeah. in his, uh, run for the, uh, Senate 30 seat is what well, you've already been elected representative. Why would you want to be Senator? Yeah. And it's because you can have a greater impact yep. that, that in itself is a servant's heart. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: I mean, it really is. It, John, I'm telling you, that's what we got to have in Austin. We got to have a voice. Yeah. Rural Texas must be heard. Yeah. Jack County has to be represented. Yeah, to I me, agree. that's a that's a key takeaway. I
2: agree. Right, I agree. And that, yeah, and so you guys, if anybody's got my cell phone number, you're always welcome to call me on my cell phone number, and I'm keeping that. Um, you know, you can share it with anybody who's got questions because that's the only way we're going to get heard. You know, our the past senator Pat Fallon, and he kept his, he would answer his text messages, he, he would answer his calls, yeah. Pat. Pat was – man, that guy's I, got some energy. I thought he was
0: kidding because he uh, he said he gave out his cell phone, and I thought, oh, Pat, what are you doing? Yep. And you know what? I've called him several times, and Pat will answer the phone. Yep. That yep. just tells you his passion. Right. Yeah. yeah. And he's going to be a huge impact as he goes on to something bigger and better. He will.
2: He'll, he'll definitely help us. So, yeah, but we've got some gr- – we've got a great group of representatives right around us. James Frank up in Wichita Falls – a good man i think who's done us a great job yeah. you know we've got reggie smith who's covering grayson county uh, over in that area he's he's i he just finished his freshman year i think he's done a really good job we have got jared patterson down below him yeah
1: representative patterson you got phil so, king that's down in phil as solid as yeah. they get mm-hmm. you know he covers weatherford and wise county and does a yeah. super job for them he does and he's real good
2: he's just a, a genuinely good person right you know, and Shelby Slauson just took Erath County and Hood County and Coryell County down there. And Shelby, you know, her husband has a roofing business, and she's an attorney, and she's she's a rock solid lady as well who will get in and fight. So we've got some good people in there already that we can work with. That's good. And yeah. you know, I, I look forward to getting in there and the opportunity to work with them to help protect rural Texas.
0: John Berry, Coca-Cola Ranch Road, of <laughs> Texas, former commissioner of Jack That's County. It man i guarantee you thanks so very much for being part of thank you get the facts jack our local podcast and i greatly appreciate you coming in and visit with us and letting our citizens know who is john barry oh, thank you district 68